Hey, real lifer, let me ask you a question. Have you ever wanted to become a world-class chef? Or maybe you've always wanted to invite all your friends and family over to your house so you can prepare an exquisite dinner for them all, but you couldn't because you don't know how to cook. Or maybe you want to impress a lover or you know, a boyfriend or a girlfriend, maybe someone from work, by inviting them to a romantic meal cooked by you, but you couldn't do that because, again, you lack cooking skills. Well, Real Lifer, if this sounds like you, then unfortunately we cannot help you because we don't know very much about cooking. But we do know a lot about teaching English. And that is something we can teach you cooking expressions. We can teach you a lot about all the vocabulary you need to know to talk about cooking with your friends. And that is exactly what we're going to do in this episode. So you are in for a treat. And if you really enjoy learning English with podcasts and want to take this to the next level, I also suggest you sign up and join the Fluency Circle where you will receive 45 power lessons based on some of the most popular podcasts we have released. So these power lessons actually have a transcript so you can read everything we're saying and we explain in great detail all the most important new words, expressions, phrasal verbs, idioms, slang. Uh, we also break down all the important aspects of connected speech, the pronunciation. So when we say something like, uh, hey, do you want to go and grab a beer? We actually pronounce this, do you want to go grab a Do you want to go grab a beer? So in the Power Lessons, we explain that phonetically to really help your listening comprehension. And we also break down all the cultural references, you know, all the jokes and these little subtleties that are sometimes really difficult to translate from your native language. Uh, and also every lesson comes with an Unki Space Repetition Memorize file. So it's a really great way to memorize new words to awesome apps so it's very convenient too uh, if you want to learn more about this just go to reallifeglobal.com forward slash power p-o-w-e-r and you can see more and even sign up for the fluency circle right there alright guys so now let's move on to today's episode all about cooking with the real life guys Oh yeah, real lifers, citizens of the world, welcome to the Real Life Global Movement, where our mission is to inspire, empower, and connect the world through English. We believe that English should be a fun and enriching part of your life that you can practice and enjoy whenever and wherever you want. Are you tired of boring lessons that suck the life out of your learning? Are you ready to step up your game and become a kick-ass English speaker? Well, we're here to guide and inspire you on your journey to true lifelong fluency. It's time to stop just learning English and start living it. Can again, aw yeah? Oh yeah! What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? This is Chad from Real Life English, where we believe that listening to podcasts is a fun, natural, convenient, and... Whipped up or nutty 
way to learn English. So download this podcast now. Listen to us while you're walking the dog, cracking some eggs, spilling the beans, beating an egg, <laughs> whipping up some cream, acquiring a taste, or burning some bread. This is Chad from Real Life English. Wait, did I already say that? You did. Okay. You nutty guy, you. Oh, I forgot what else I have to say now. So, uh, yeah, here we are in the studio today with the crew, the full crew. We have Ethan Zinho. What is up, my man? Not much. Had a question for you there. If you were to burn some bread, would you be burning bread or burning toast? Um, that depends on how you were burning it. If I was burning it in the oven because I was baking bread. Do you bake bread? Yeah, yeah. If you were burnt a bun in the oven. <laughs> uh, I think I have. What is a bun in the oven? Bun in the oven is a, it's a term when a baby is to be expected. When a woman's pregnant, right? <laughs> yes. You could say she has a bun in the oven. Yes. Oh. She's got something cooking in there. I, th- I thought something else because sometimes when I go to the beach, I go uh, El, <laughs> El Commando and I burn my buns. <laughs> wait, wait, okay, so what's, what is a bun here? <laughs> a bun is like uh, it's a type of bread like a we might also say a bread roll but we use bun a lot for like hamburger buns right and your butt as well as Chad was the, referring to the two cheeks are your buns yeah interesting point here uh, is that in English the word bread is uncountable we can't say two breads right but you can say two buns you can say two buns yeah two buns yes and uh <laughs> Bun, when I said to burn my buns when I'm going commando on the beach. Means you turn up with a red ass. <laughs> so what does, what does go commando mean? Actually, it's not even really to go commando, because go commando would suggest that I'm wearing shorts. You're freeballing it. <laughs> yeah, freeballing it. I'm not wearing underwear. Um, so in that case, you kind of would have to be like wearing a sunga or, or going, uh, going what's all, a, all natural. What's a sunga? It's like what they call it's a here, the man thong, right? Okay, yeah. yeah. The thongs, incidentally, are sandals too, right? Yeah, well, uh, in Australian English, we would say that a thong is a flip-flop. Yeah. So I'm wearing thongs right now. What would you call, like, a sunga? Maybe a banana hammock? <laughs> so a sunga, is, a, sunga, a sunga is a Brazilian word, actually, for thong. Or it's not it, a thong, it's not a thong. Or it's, as Ethan says, a banana hammock. <laughs> Okay, let's explain this. Is it, we just talked about, <laughs> by the way, we talked about before we started this podcast about making this a little bit more friendly for women, but a little <laughs> bit less masculine. Yeah, that, that was completely, uh, well, I don't know, women can't wear a banana hammock, can they? <laughs> banana? We had, we had Shanti on the other week. We're good for another hundred episodes. <laughs> <laughs> hammock? What, what is a hammock? A hammock is, well, I think it's kind of like a um, cognate in a lot of languages, but it's a kind of like net that you might tie between two posts or two trees or something like that and line it. Mm-hmm. Can you explain the, the illusion here, the banana hammock? What banana is Banana might look like the uh, male genitalia, and so it's like a... <laughs> you can imagine. <laughs> okay, so moving on. Um, we were talking a lot about uh, food and burning, burning toast. You're nutty, Ethan. <laughs> I wanted to... <laughs> nuts. <laughs> I just wanted, there was something that I wanted to actually teach more of a, uh, on an English teaching level, but now I've just forgotten what it was. Cooking. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's because <laughs> a thong would not be a sunga. A, th- uh, a speedo would be uh, a sunga. That's right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
But like a banana hammock's a bit different because like a <laughs> or like a, a tsunga even because isn't it more of a? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not not that important. It's not an official term. I think speedo is actually it's a brand, it's right? A brand, yeah. yeah. So this became that item. But it's right? like Kleenex, like or it's the brand names the thing, right? Yeah, like a Xerox. 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 <laughs> okay. In English. And there are other things which, for example, a wife beater. Oh, yeah, that's another. <laughs> it's 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 like what is a wife beater? But that's like a really common term in the U.S. Like that's what a woman would call it or a man call so it. So what is a wife beater? It's, it's a, a type of like it's kind of like an undershirt like that you would wear under your like button down, but um, a lot of people just like wear them when it's hot out. It's like a tank top, right? It's very tight. Yeah, it's a bit. It's it's similar to a tank top. But why do they call it a wife beater? To beat your what does it to beat your wife mean? It's kind of it's like this is horrible. <laughs> you would like uh, if you're hitting your wife, that would be like beat your wife. Yeah, this it's comes a, from like it comes from people who are kind of like white trash. Rednecks. Rednecks. Who people in the United States who don't have a lot of money, we call them like white trash. And the the stereotype would be like they live in a trailer and maybe they like beat their wife and they wear a wife beater. So it's very it's, domestic it violence from. because it has a lot of alcoholism and stuff like that in those kinds of households, right? Yes. But so, although this is an ugly term, it is like kind of widely accepted as the term for that kind of apparel in the United States. What does apparel mean? It's clothing. Okay. So okay. if you if you Google uh, wife beater, you're going to find. A, a tank top, a white undershirt. Not necessarily, you know. Maybe if you Google white <laughs> wife beater, you'll see some horrible images too, right? Let's let's Google it now. Uh, <laughs> it's not worth our time. We have more better time to teach these people English. All right, so this was um, not really the topic. <laughs> Today we're going to talk about cooking and all the wonderful world of expressions. And just before we move on to that, just to uh, compliment you guys with your U.S. American English, calling it a banana hammock. <laughs> In Australia, we would call call it a budgie smuggler. <laughs> What's what? budgie? <laughs> what does smuggle mean? A budgie is like a small household bird, which a lot of people... <laughs> it's like a budgerigar. It's a typical household bird. And to smuggle is to take... You know, it's like contraband, right? Exactly. To, to smuggle drugs from one country to another. But in this case, you're... Like animal smuggling is very big in Australia. You're, you're hiding something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could kind of say something as well that, like, in the U.S., we uh, the metaphor is to a banana, and in Australia, it's to a small bird. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, that's, we're diverging again back to that topic. Yeah, yeah. We should get our heads out of the gutters and into the kitchen. Heads okay. out of the gutter. Head out of the gutter is like thinking about dirty things. I think yes. we talked about this a couple yes. of podcasts ago. So yeah. the gutter, yes, it's that part on the house. That receives like the leaves and the, the water, right? Yes. Really quickly, just I think we're when we start getting very entertained and having a lot, a lot of fun, we start speaking very quickly. And Ethan just showed us a aspect of connected speech. You said, "Get your head out of the gutter and into the kitchen." Yeah. You want to say that really quickly again? Get your head out of the gutter and into the kitchen. Okay, so people will be like, what the hell did he just say? <laughs> because in a connected speech, out of the, right? Out of the. Out of the. Out of the. And yeah. in, into, into the. the. Yeah. Into the what becomes in into, the. into the. Or in, in the. American English? Into the. Into the. Okay, so out of the gutter and into the kitchen. Let's talk about what we're supposed to be talking about in this podcast, which is cooking, cooking vocabulary, Cooking expressions, food, food. We said a couple of times nutty. 
nutty. And this is related to uh, this really cool lesson you've just been creating? Yes, that is true. We actually have a new uh, three-part mini-course, which is based on uh, a very funny scene from Friends. It might be the most funny scene from Friends that exists. Most funny? The most funny? The funniest. (laughs) (laughs) Justin was just uh, trying to trick you guys to see if you would pick up on his small grammar error. My bad. (laughs) <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah, if you guys want to check out this uh, really funny three-part uh, mini-series about Phoebe's nutsy new boyfriend, there's going to be a link where you can sign up and get that awesome course. And it's based on our really awesome fluency course, Fluent with Friends. It's, it's definitely uh, maybe PG-13 because there, there is a little bit of um, adult... Adult language in there? Oh, I don't think so, man. People nowadays with the internet, if, if they can't... they've just been listening to us talking about banana hammocks, I don't think it's going to be that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So nutty, it has double meaning, right? Well, yeah. we'll let, let them watch the uh, the miniseries to find out what nutty means in this case. Because yeah. that's like the punchline of the joke. Yeah, and this actually gives will give you a sample of our Fluent with Friends course. And so. you get to learn a ton of connected speech in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Ethan, you didn't say oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, that's better. All right. So uh, let's do the first of all what what, what I suggested just to get the ball rolling here. The what, ball or the the ball. The ball. There you go. Pronunciation difference. <laughs> ball versus bowl. Yeah. Very close. Yeah. Ball being like a tennis ball and bowl being like a like a bowl of acai, for example. Or. For people who don't live in Brazil, like a cereal bowl. Oh, that's right, yeah. You might eat some, uh, some frosted flakes, corn flakes. That's right. The, the rest of the world is uh, deprived of the magic what acai, of what acai is, right? It's, it's going to other places, though. We have it in the States now. Mm. I think I've seen it in uh, Spain as well. So mm. It's kind of hot right now. I need a bowl of acai. Oh, God. Don't, don't. You're going to get me uh, drooling. <laughs> what does drooling mean? Like when you have uh, saliva, water coming out of your mouth because you're thinking of something delicious. Yeah, to salivate. Got uh, gonna have a hankering for some acai after this. Ooh, Ooh a hankering. Acai. What's a? Have you not been listening? <laughs> <laughs> have you not been listening to what we're saying? Sorry, sorry, my bad. I was looking at the expressions we were going to cover. Well, you also said <laughs> a hankering. <laughs> <laughs> to have a hankering for something. Is That's it, a very American term, I guess. I, it, I don't use that. <laughs> you don't use a hankering? No. I think it's kind of southern. And in the in uh, Colorado, although we don't have the southern accent, I think because we get so many tourists... You sure you don't have the southern accent? I'm positive. <laughs> the southern drawl? We get, we get a lot you, of... I thought you were from Texas. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, we get a lot of like tourists from Texas and from the south, and so... We probably are picking up some vocabulary, like I got a hankering for some acai. Mm-hmm. It means I, uh, what would you say, like I'm keen for some acai? Um, I'm keen, uh, I've just got a, uh, it's like a strong desire, right? It's, mm-hmm. re- it's really hitting me right now. I might now. say uh, craving. A craving. I'm, I'm craving. And like uh, we talked before about a bun in the oven, a lot of times pregnant women, it's famous that they get like intense cravings that they have to have like a certain kind of food. Yeah, to crave something is just like you really, really need it right now. Like yeah. people who are addicted to certain substances like nicotine, uh, they crave a cigarette. Yeah, my sister-in-law when she was pregnant, she was getting some some strange cravings for uh, for ice cream cake. Oh, have you ever had an ice cream cake? I don't think I have. Uh, it's, it's really good. It's yeah. Damn delicious! It's like. Uh, 
you have like obviously what a cake is, but usually like in a cake in the middle you have like some frosting or something like that, some sugary paste substance that's that's tasty. They do, but instead they do uh, ice cream and it's frozen, mm. and so like you take it out of the freezer and like cut it up and everything, and it's cake and ice cream all in one delicious combination. Imagine an acai cake. Oh my god. Just blew my mind. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean to blow your mind? You kind of like, uh, well, in this case, it's it's kind of like you're really surprised or mm-hmm. the possibility. The, just my imagination of what's possible was uh, expanded. Yeah, just it really impressed you. Yeah. you were, this is when you could really use the word. You were in a state of awe, maybe. Yeah, that was awesome. That was awesome. Without being jargon or you know overusing the word. Okay, so uh, before we jump into those expressions, we have a, a, a um, ton of expressions to go over here that are really awesome. We're going to just do a quick, uh, we stole this from another, another podcast, this term, but a fire round, where we're just going to go around in a circle and just spontaneously say the first thing that comes into our head that has to be some kind of a object from the kitchen. Or even a... Let's do an object first. An object or like a cooking utensil or something like that. Or term or something like that. Mm -hmm. It could be like a verb. Um, Let's just... Let's let's see see what happens. It's like a game. It's like a game. Are we going to uh, say the definition after each one or go through all of them and then define them? Let's just... um, Let's just define them really quickly. Okay. So I'm going to start off by saying the sink. The sink. It's where you uh, wash dishes. Yeah. Dishes are what you eat off of. Exactly. Dishes. Nice. Dishes can be... What are some names of di- different dishes? Yeah. Plates, bowls. Um, uh, I think that's about it. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but you have things like Cups, different, maybe? Different, different types of plates and bowls, like salad bowl or soup bowl. You ever had a tossed salad? Uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, we're all vegetarians, so we love a tossed salad. <laughs> Um, you toss at you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, cups as well, right? Cups and coffee all, cup, coffee cups, glasses, saucers, saucer. What's a saucer? A saucer is like a coffee cup goes on the saucer. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah, it's to keep stuff from spilling, right? Or like you might rest your spoon on it. Mm-hmm. You have spoon. a spoon rest as well. What's a spoon rest? A spoon rest is like um, I don't know if it's as common here in Brazil, but in the states a lot we have like sort of a thing that's bigger than a spoon a spoon is obviously it's the you have a spoon fork and knife so that's a weird way to say that right silverware right silverware so you generally say knife and fork and you said a spoon fork and knife (laughs) just sounded (laughs) strange i wanted to uh you know blend it up a little bit oh blend it up what's a blender (laughs) a blend you blend is to like mix things together until they're like all liquefied right Mm -hmm. so we also use it a lot just like as a verb like to blend and to mix yeah and a blender is what you use to like liquefy make a smoothie or a milkshake or something like that what is a smoothie justin a smoothie is when you put uh like bunch of fruit together with maybe some milk and water or possibly some other ingredients to make a drink right yeah yeah it's funny in brazil they call them a vitamin right a vitamina yeah 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 it's pretty cool We've been we've been rocking this the the kale kale and banana smoothies every morning. We have nice and green. Rocking. What is what is uh what's rocking? To rock something means to be doing it consistently and like really well, right? And what's a what is kale? Kale is a green leaf. Um, I don't know how to explain it. It's, it's high in protein, right? It's like no, it's high in uh, potassium. 
fiber, iron. Okay. I don't know about potassium. Bananas are high in potassium. Bananas, that's a potassium. But you have uh, kale is like, it's kind of like lettuce, but it's a lot like uh, thicker. It's chewier and stuff. But if you blend it up, it's actually quite nice. Mm -hmm. It turns into like a liquid and kind of gives you a nice, thick, healthy smoothie. That's true. With the banana. Yep. And uh, I said a blender. spoon rest before. It's like what you put a spoon on while you're cooking so you don't get the stove dirty. Mm-hmm. What's a stove? Oh, damn, you beat me to it. <laughs> I've never heard this term, uh, spoon rest, by the way. Oh, really? I yeah. think it's mainly like if you're actually using like a big wooden spoon uh-huh. to like yeah. stir the pot. Exactly. Stir is like to, to, to stir liquid is to, to mix it around so it doesn't burn. In a circle, right? In a circle, Or yeah. so that it like doesn't stick. Exactly, yeah. We can also use this as an... Ex- oh, this is probably something he's... To stir someone up, would you say mm-hmm. that in yeah. uh, in the U.S.? It's like mm-hmm. to agitate someone, right? Yeah, it's like it can be a, it can be a good way or a bad way too. Because if you're stirred up, you can be excited. Yeah, it can just stir up your emotions, right? It's just to get your emotions flowing a lot of times, right? Similar to fire up. Yeah, I think fire up is more kind of like enthusiasm for something, right? Mm-hmm. But um, the spoon holder is generally when you're cooking in a big pot and you have the big spoon. And you put the spoon on the... the, the uh, spoon, spoon holder and spoon rest. Oh, sorry, it's a spoon rest, yeah. So rest... Spoon holder is what I have in my car, you know, like when I'm driving. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm just eating, I say, at the wheel. <laughs> what does at the wheel mean? At the wheel means while driving. Why is it called the wheel? Because the it's wheel. the steering wheel of the car. Yeah. Okay, so looking around the kitchen, Chad, you mentioned the kitchen sink. So everything but the kitchen sink, what yeah, does that mean? Yeah, that's actually an expression that popped into my head. That means that uh, you can say, I would eat everything except the, even the kitchen sink, for example. I think we said but the kitchen sink. But so the kitchen sink, yeah. So it's... It, it just... It, it, um, okay. It means that you do anything because obviously you're not going to... That's the last thing that you would do. Uh-huh. Right? Gonna. Huh? Gonna. Gonna. Going to. That's the last thing you're going to do. Yeah. So what other... Are you trying to get me to explain the connected speech? Yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. What other what other uh, appliances do we have in the kitchen? What we other talked about a blender, a stove, a stove? A stove probably needs a little a little bit more explanation because you have the, uh, the the cooker, which would be the whole thing, right? I'd call it well the whole thing. I would call it the oven. The whole thing is called Even an oven. The oven's also like the part that you put the you put like the stuff in to bake it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I would call it the whole thing the stove, and the oven is the part that's actually the. You bake stuff in. Oh, well, it seems like we have a bit of a uh, you have the, <laughs> a bit of a face-off here. You have the stove and the oven, and it's usually just like one piece. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like, like my brother's house, for example, they have like two separate pieces. Mm, okay. So you have the grill. The grill is the part on top, right? No. That's the stove, right? That's the stove. No, well, the grill is actually like when you barbecue, you put it on the grill. The grill is the part that. The fire touches. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. That holds the the meat. Oh, the, the metal or, part. Or the like. or the vegetable kebabs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's just to clarify here, because the stove would be those those hot plates, like the, the elements. The fire or the. Yeah, if it's gas or electric stove, yeah. right? But a grill would be more like an actual fire, right? You have like coals and for a barbecue. Well, I'm under the impression that it's like the metal, the metal. Um, when you have like structure a, that that holds the oh you're thinking you of like the, the fire you're thinking of the George Foreman grill <laughs> maybe right that's the most famous one that's no, that's another type of grill though okay I think Justin's talking about like the metal part that you could take off and clean mm-hmm. mm, if you okay. have like the kind that's like fire you know mm, okay yeah okay that is grill so uh, it's not called a fire though it's called a stove 
Okay. And you really grilled us there. <laughs> what, what does is, that mean? To grill somebody is to, to really challenge them and, and, and maybe um, ask them a lot of really difficult questions. Yeah. It's like, like if you get home really late, depending on who you live with, maybe like your parents would like grill you about like where you've been all night or your uh, girlfriend or boyfriend might grill you if you're, they're, they're suspicious mm-hmm. about what you've been doing. Your boss might be grilling you to finish, you know, like, hey, where's the, where are those reports? Yeah. I need them by this, you know, yesterday. I, need, I needed them yesterday to re- give someone a hard time to grill them. You know what I want right now? A grilled cheese sandwich. It sounds mm. really good. Mm, grilled cheese. My mouth is watering. Yeah. That's we, we talked about that. Yeah, man, you have not been listening. <laughs> <laughs> I think I was, I was spacing out looking at the expressions. What does uh-huh. space out mean? Space out means when you get distracted and you're thinking about something else. Mm-hmm. So, so you're th- probably thinking about a grilled cheese or a nice acai. Yeah, we have, a list of, <laughs> we have a list of expressions, and I was kind of like looking for a way to integrate those. Okay, they're going to come up. We're going to get there. Uh, let's talk about the fridge because uh-huh. people have a lot of mistakes with that one. The yeah. fridge? What's the fridge? What do you mean by that? Well, we always call it a, f- a fridge, but it's actually a, a short way of saying refrigerator. Uh-huh. The refrigerator. Refrigerator. Yeah, and above the refrigerator, you generally have the freezer. Freezer. And similar to like the stove and the oven, we'd call that whole thing the fridge. Right? You, I believe so. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, maybe maybe in Justin's house they call it the freezer though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we're, we're on the same page. All right. What does that mean? On the same page just mean means that we we agree. All right. Okay. Um, what do you keep in your fridge besides uh, kale and besides, bananas? Um, that's pretty much all I eat these days, really. <laughs> and beans. Beans, yeah. <laughs> beans. We always got a big old pot of beans in the fridge. Hey, what did I mean? Wait, wait, big old pot of beans. What does that mean? Why do you say big old? It's short for big old. Yeah, big old. Um, but we like never say the big old. It's always like big old, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's like uh, it's just like an emphasis of the word big, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like you gotta. I don't know. But gotta, old. What's the what's the function of old here? It's just like a. a Kind of like intensifier, right? It's something familiar, right? Yeah, is this it? is actually funny because I had to write the explanation for this the other day, and it wasn't part of this mini series. But there's another video that we made recently when uh, Rachel gets pulled over by the policeman. <laughs> another friends lesson that we've created. And check out our YouTube channel there; you'll find it on there. Yeah, yeah. Also, if you sign up to the uh, mailing list, you get it too. Um, but she mentions she gets pulled over by the policeman and. Her uh, license has expired, which means she technically doesn't really have a driver's license anymore. And the policeman's looking at it, and she's like, oh, I see you're probably looking at the old date there. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, like, it's kind of like we say it more so to be very kind of, like, casual. And it's, oh, you know, it's, there's a little bit of an affection towards that, maybe. But I think that would be kind of, like, different because it's actually the old date. But I don't think that- she's saying it like that, do you think? That's, that was the idea I got from it. Okay. But I don't think it's the same as saying, like, big old is like a, con- co- a collocation. What about good old? The good old, the good old days. Yeah, the good old days. Same old? Same old. Same old, same old. Yeah. So we add old a lot, and it has, I feel it has this kind of, like, um, affection behind it a little bit. Oh, you know, the same. There's a classic sense to it, right? Yeah, yeah. It is an interesting thing that we do in English. But uh, let's get back to this uh, good old kitchen vocabulary. Uh, the fridge, the freezer, to frost, to so defrost, big old ice beans. cubes, ice cubes, ice cube tray, 
ice cube tray. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that so funny? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Specific vocabulary. Yeah. Well, the ice cube tray is the... Uh, you have to keep filling it up with water, otherwise your roommates might complain. Unless you've got, like, an ice machine. Hmm. We Which don't have one of them. A lot of those are built right into the fridge. Yeah. Built in means? Built in, like it's a part of it. Yeah. It comes standard. Yeah. So I just noticed you said one of them, right? One of them, it's kind of colloquial, right? One of those? One of those. Yeah, but it's interesting what you just said. One of? You said one of. We talked about earlier, Ethan said, what did you say, out of? Outa. Outa. So a lot of times of becomes a. Yeah. In American English. So outa, wanna, a lot of. Right? A, that happens a lot with uh, prepositions in general. They get shortened. Yeah, we're very we're very like lazy in American culture. It comes all the way down to the way of speaking. But this, of, <laughs> this, this, of, this is one of the lazy bastards. This is this is huge um, in American English. Of constantly gets turned into an uh, uh. shoulda should have becomes should have shoulda. There's that uh, schwa sound is like really important to master because it's just it's the most common sound in American English. Want to quickly explain what a schwa sound is? You just said it. Wanna? <laughs> <laughs> it's just that uh, that really short, quick, uh, short. We also call it like a short e, even though it doesn't really sound like an e. Mm-hmm. It's an uh sound. And this is something we've actually got really good at because we have I been. Mean, we we grew up. <laughs> I've been speaking English for over thirty years now. But even more, the thing is, most people assume that native speakers understand this, but they don't because it's so unconscious. But I think we're we're actually very focused on this because we've analyzed very in depth over two, two seasons, eighteen hours of of, of friends, right? Forty eight episodes. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely, we've just like looked at it, and so we've we've pretty much like mapped out these tendencies, and this is one of the main tendencies here. We can perfectly uh, imitate um, Rachel's voice, <laughs> but we're not going to on this podcast. <laughs> Every scene, we know like the back of our hand, right? What does that mean? That means that you, uh, to say you know something like the back of your hand means that you just know it really, really well. And you said back of your hand. Back of your hand. Back of it. Yeah, back of your hand. You know it like the back of your hand. The back of your hand. Okay, I think we've pretty much covered most of the uh, the kitchen vocab. Any other peculiar things that we haven't said yet? I would say uh, just if anyone is like going to go study abroad in the States or go there for a while, it's really common to have a dishwasher. I've never lived in a, a house in the United States that did not have a dishwasher. This is very... Um, this lines up with what you're talking about with the Americans being very lazy. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we don't like to get our hands dirty. Yeah. <laughs> to get your hands dirty. I mean, that was kind of literal, but what does that? What can that mean? Uh, get your hands... It's like you don't like manual labor, right? Mm-hmm. Manual work. Yeah, yeah. I, one thing I would say, though, kind of... Because we live in Brazil, and like a lot of people here, um, like kind of middle, upper middle class, will hire like a mate, right? <laughs> it's not common in the States. Yeah, it's so not, it's... We have machines. <laughs> Well, but, but even beyond that, I think a lot of people, like, for example, I heard a story, um, I listened to a podcast, well, this Tim Ferriss podcast, they interviewed Kevin Costner. Mm. He's, this oh, movie, yeah. he's this movie star, right? But he he's, has a project where he's building, like, he's building a house, and he's actually there working all day with the people, with, so he's getting his hands dirty. Mm. He's doing, you know, um, doing a lot of the nitty and gritty work. Oh, I was just thinking of that expression, nitty gritty. Yeah. Yeah. Nitty. What does it mean? The nitty gritty is it's like the manual labor. It's like the the, the, the getting in there and um, doing the the more 
hard labor, right? It could be like also detailed, right? Yeah, you're right. The nitty gritty. Yeah. So I would say, like here, there's for, uh, sorry, just to use nitty gritty. For example, in uh, Friends, we get the, to the nitty gritty aspects of pronunciation. That's our, that's our secret sauce. <laughs> oh. Secret sauce. Secret sauce is like our, our special secret that makes what we do different. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like a unique aspect to something, right? Or someone. Yeah. But it's, for example, you might think about it like literally, like maybe there's a restaurant that has like a really great dish, mm-hmm. and their secret sauce is the the sauce, right? That 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 they um, it's secret. They, they don't publish the ingredients. No one knows the recipe. It's a secret recipe, right? Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. uh, Burger King. They have their famous like Whopper sauce. It's like their secret sauce. No one knows the the secret recipe except for the head chefs, I guess. Yeah. The secret recipe. The secret ingredient is. Frog poop or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you mentioned, uh, just because we talked about this word before, but you said it in a different, with a different meaning was a dish. Mm-hmm. You said if a restaurant has a dish, does that mean they have like a plate or a bowl? Um, well, it might come on a plate but <laughs> <laughs> or a bowl, but the dish is actually that, um, that particular meal. That particular um, recipe that they mm-hmm. that serve repetitively, right? Yeah. Like, what's your favorite um, Brazilian dish? My favorite Brazilian dish is, well, beans and rice, I guess. <laughs> Based on how much I eat that, I would have to say it's my favorite. But um, I also enjoy, for example, when you go to Bahia, um, you know, you guys been to Bahia before? I have not. They have a, a lot of like seafood, so like a muqueca is an mm-hmm. amazing Baiano. Uh, Dish. Uh-huh. What, is, what is a what is in it? What's the recipe? Uh, well, it's kind of a secret sauce, man. I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. Uh, but it's um, it's for example, you can get it with some kind of a seafood, so like fish or octopus or, mm. or prawns or something like that. I believe you guys would call it a shrimp. Sounds uh, scrumptious. Yes, but it's actually served with um, palm oil. That's some, that's one of their secret ingredients there in Bahia. They use like palm oil, which is a pretty cool little. Little bayano mix in there, you know, and a lot of a lot of uh, pimenta, a lot of uh, hot sauce. Mm-hmm. So, just going back um, on a little bit of a tangent here, but we talked about the secret sauce. So, what about bread and butter? The bread and butter, yeah, it's like so, uh, the it's kind of like the main aspect of something, right? Yeah, it's it's like what you're good at, right? That's my bread and butter. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, I'm just uh, quickly testing something here. Sometimes you just have to make sure we're still recording. <laughs> Sorry, yeah, but keep going. Bread and butter. What is it again? Were you not listening? No, I was not listening. <laughs> pulling a Justin. Hey, don't cry over spilt milk. <laughs> okay. What does that mean? Don't cry over spilt milk. Spill is when, like, for example, there's a glass and you knock it over. A glass of milk, it spills. Mm-hmm. It gets knocked over. So um, it happened, right? Just clean it up. Don't worry about what you can't control. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And just do your best to change from now on. Yeah. It's kind of like saying don't uh, don't get too attached to negative things that have happened in the past because you can't change that. Mm-hmm. Or just like don't worry too much about like small things that aren't really that big of problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You still got some milk, you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can just you lick it you're off not, the floor. You're not starving. <laughs> okay. All right, so it seems like we've covered most of the vocabulary. We're going to move into some uh, quick expressions here before we uh, wrap up the podcast, right? Mm-hmm. So what, what you got for us there? Uh, well, what, Wait, what did I just say? What you got for us? Yeah, what you got for us? 
Well, that's connected speech um, term, right? So it's normally well, like, what do you have? Or what like, ha- what, what have, have you got? Yeah, what have you got? So it's like, um, <laughs> yeah. I, I, and that's a very, very colloquial native speaker way to say it, right? What you, hey, what you got? What you got? You got to give it to your mama. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, but basically, like, the what you, the have is sort of taken off, right? Yeah. But anytime you, have, anytime you have, like, what you, it becomes what you. Mm-hmm. Because it's the, the T and the Y turn to ch. So, for example, the song um, Happy from... From uh, Pharrell Williams. Pharrell Williams, like, clap along if you feel like that's what you want to do. Oh, nice. Yeah, we're, we're just dropping bombs here. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? <laughs> <laughs> dropping bombs is like... Uh, it's what you do after you eat a lot of beans. <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> a dropping bomb, how I used it, meant that, for example, a rapper will drop some bombs. It means he's like dropping some uh, some beats. some beats or some some lyrics that rhyme and it sounds really cool. Ethan made a joke because when you drop when you apparently we didn't really know this firsthand, but if you eat a lot of beans, you can get gassy. Uh-huh. What does gassy mean? Gassy means to have flat it's flatulence. Yeah, yeah. Um, so where were we exactly? So we went we went from uh, Pharrell Williams and the what you right? That's right. Yeah. What you becomes what you to Eminem dropping bombs. Eminem, by the way, is the bomb. Okay. What does that mean? The bomb is a very colloquial expression to say that somebody is really awesome. Right? Uh-huh. Or something is really awesome. That movie was the bomb. Very slang street language, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. It's probably a little bit old, but you might see it on some media. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're just talking about some expressions. So what about when you have a half-baked idea? Half-baked idea. So that means that you have an idea or you have some some kind of idea, but it hasn't... Hasn't matured a hundred percent. It's not complete. It's not complete. A lot of people say it's it's. I think that's literally. But a lot of people say a half baked idea. They think it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, you're right. It does have that connotation. So it's like they maybe the person saying that just hasn't processed it. Mm-hmm. Right. You think that comes from like stoner language? <laughs> okay. What is a stoner? A stoner is someone who uh, habitually smokes marijuana. Okay. And why would it be? Why would that be related? Because if uh, in stern language, if they say, dude, I'm baked, it means that he's probably high, you know, he's been smoking, smoking some weed. Not that you would know this from any first-hand experience. No, no, it's only on TV shows and uh, movies. Yeah. Like, there's a movie called Half Baked. Oh, yeah, there is. You seen that? I was thinking of, dude, where's my car? Okay, yeah. <laughs> um, but you have to take these expressions with a grain of salt, because if you use them all the time, then, you know, you might reflect poorly upon yourself. That is true. Truly. To take something with a grain of salt means what, Justin? Well, a grain of salt is like a piece of salt. And so I'm not sure what the literal meaning of this expression is, but um, it means when somebody says something, you don't need to actually fully believe it. Yeah, you're. I think how I understand it, and I'm probably wrong here, is like when you say like a <laughs> grain of salt is because like a grain of salt is so small. It's like someone's opinion is so... One grain is so small in the whole salt shaker. Mm-hmm. Could be. But it's but more it's, like to entertain the idea, right? So, for example, if a person gives you a, a piece of advice, it's like, yeah, I, I listen to the advice, but I take it with a grain of salt because maybe that person and I don't think the same. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe, or maybe it's just their opinion, their, but like an opinion's an opinion. It's not always right. Mm-hmm. It's not truth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like considering it, but not like following it mm-hmm. 100%. Yeah. So. I would take that with a grain of salt because 
maybe he doesn't have the experience that you have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for example. Sure. Or he's very kind of uh, subjective in that, in that, uh, with that idea or that concept, right? Or maybe he's a bad apple. <laughs> what is a bad apple? A bad apple is almost like a rotten apple, maybe. Like uh, I think there's an expression like the the apple it doesn't fall from far from the tree or something. Yeah, yeah. It's like when you're a lot like your parents, right? Yeah, and so but a bad apple would be an apple that corrupts the rest, right? How do you like them apples? <laughs> <laughs> this is actually from the movie Good Will Hunting, right? I don't know. I think it's older than that. I know it got popularized from that movie mm. with Matt Damon, mm-hmm. but how do you like them? What does that mean? How do you like them apples? Um, how do you like those apples is correct grammatically, right? Okay. Yeah, yeah, because he corrects him, right? He doesn't correct him, but it's just kind of like, it's, um, that's just a colloquial version of it. Okay. Uh, so the expression would mean, for example, if um, you do something that maybe, oh, shit. Shizen, how would I explain this? Shizen? <laughs> uh, how do you like them apples? It's like when you're kind of bragging about something. So maybe, you know, maybe you guys say that, um, I don't know, that I can't score a, a certain score on a video game, right? Mm, yeah. And then I get the score and I say, hey, how do you like them apples? True, yeah. true, that's it. Like playing poker, like if you guys have a good hand, and Justin's like, ah, and he puts down a really like a full house, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh yeah? Bam, I threw down another hand. I'm like, Justin, how do you like them apples? Uh-huh. Probably say some kind of profanity after that as well. <laughs> a hand? What does a hand mean? A uh, hand is just what you use to like write. Oh, in uh, poker, it's like your... your uh, <laughs> um, it's uh, the, your series of cards that is your hand in poker. Uh-huh. Not much of a poker player. You guys play poker? No. But I, I do know like in uh, poker, you don't want to have all your eggs in one basket. Oh, <laughs> great. What does that mean, Mr. V? It means that uh, you don't want to like kind of bet all your money or like all of your resources on one on one thing, on mm-hmm. one opportunity or one, one mm-hmm. bet. So it's like if you were to like, you have like a full house and you put like all your chips, your, which is like the money that you use or the plastic things you use for money in poker, you don't want to put all your chips in unless like you're really sure you're gonna win. Yeah. Like, or else look, you'd be putting all your eggs in one basket. Like look at it literally. If you're walking with a basket with all of your eggs in that basket and you trip and fall, mm-hmm. they all break. They all break. But if you have two baskets, maybe you only drop one of them. Yeah. Mm. So like only break half your eggs. Yeah. It's it's having less uh, putting yourself in uh, less of a risk, right? Yeah. yeah. And then you have all your your eggs. Maybe you can have your cake and eat it too. Mm-hmm. Have your cake and eat it too. <laughs> I was always confused by this expression, and it didn't make so much sense, but I think I understand it a lot better now. Let's see if you do. What to does ha- it mean? To have your cake and eat it too means to, to have, um, have what you want without sacrificing for it, mm-hmm. right? without risking for it, right? And so it's like you, because it, you, you really enjoy having the cake there, the, the idea that you have a cake to eat in the future, mm-hmm. but you also want to eat it. Mm-hmm. And so, it's it's not really the most like logical um, expression, but when, give me an example, Ethan. Um, I was trying to actually just think of something like maybe if you were to um, you work a lot like online or like you know on your phone and you're able to like go on vacation and like not have to worry about it at all, disconnect completely. 
enjoy yourself at the beach, you could be able to like have your cake and eat it too. Without distractions from work. I would also say maybe like using the poker reference, like maybe if you just like love playing poker, it's like your passion, mm-hmm. then you actually become a professional poker player. You're kind of having your cake and eating it too. You're, you're, you're making a living out of doing something you love doing. So you have like kind of both, you're fulfilling yourself on both sides, right? Mm-hmm. Financially and just like a passion that you have. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, yeah, I can, uh, should we move on to another expression? How about to butter somebody up? To butter somebody, that's, uh, well that's the, one explain the pronunciation and why you say butter and not butter. Well, generally in American English, when you have the T sound between two vowel sounds, um, it becomes a D. So, for example, the word better, mm-hmm. we would say better. Those two, can you say the difference between the two? Because they could be easy to confuse. Better, better, butter, butter. So it's better and butter. Like the other day I was, uh, I went to the shop and I bought some butter because me and Ethan put butter in our coffee and I've... <laughs> bought like some really shoddy kind of butter and he's like man can you get some better butter <laughs> i would also say like uh another colloquialism you could you could use to like remember that is like butter is better than margarine butter is better than margarine what's margarine you say margarine margarine yeah you say margarine okay right margarine yeah yeah okay uh margarine is just a uh, it's kind of like a, a, a fake butter right it's, it seems like it's a kind of a it's a, it's like a chemical butter, but it has like less fat, so people think it's healthier. Even That's right. Though it's like really, really kind of like unnatural. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but to butter somebody up, did you already mention that? No, we didn't. No, we just got off on thinking about butter. Yeah. To, butter to, to give an example of that, right? If you maybe if you want to ask maybe your 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 husband, your wife, or your parents mm-hmm. for a favor, right? But normally they wouldn't be so disposed to give you that favor. But maybe you buy them a present. And you say, hey, you look really nice today. <laughs> Compliment them. Compliment them. Yeah. Have you lost weight? <laughs> Don't try to butter me up. <laughs> <laughs> so you're buttering them up for what you're going to ask them, right? Yeah. Maybe if you're kind of like a... Uh, I believe you guys were saying this in the podcast with Shanti because I was listening to it the other day. You uh, Maybe you're kind of like a brown noser. You're always trying to like butter your boss up mm, or yeah. your teacher. Yeah. There is a... Uh, we, 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 we love teaching English with, uh, with TV series, as you know. We're like We have our friends course and everything. But have you seen the episode of Seinfeld where they, they butter, <laughs> Kramer butters himself up to go, yes, to go and catch some sun, you know? <laughs> Literally. <laughs> and he ends up cooking himself. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, Newman tries to eat him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he starts to smell like a, a roasted chicken or something like roasted that. Roasted you know? turkey, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Seinfeld's a great show. If you guys ever have a chance to watch that, it's very American, right? Yeah, it's yeah. a show about nothing. But <laughs> as far as TV shows, it's definitely the cream of the crop. The cream of the crop. Oh, the cream oh. of the crop. What does that mean? The cream of the crop. What does it mean, Chad? Cream of the crop just means, for example, if you have a uh, let's say a crop like a harvest, like some wheat or something like that, and the 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 part of it that's like the most. Uh, the, the, it's grown the best it's the healthiest it's the best one right mm-hmm. cream of the crop just means like the best out of all of them mm-hmm. that's the top quality like uh, this podcast is the cream of the crop of English podcasts uh-huh. so we hope anyway um, good stuff uh, let's just quickly do a little uh, powerhouse to finish this off and just like knock the rest of these expressions off what do you reckon so we don't let's take do up it. too much time here do you think like uh, so like 
last time with uh, Shanti, we only did two of you guys and her because like sometimes too many cooks spoil the broth. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, too many cooks spoil the broth. A broth would be a kind of like, let's just say it's like a soup. It's, right? it's basically like what you, you, the liquid part of the soup, like before you put in any vegetables or meat or anything. Mm-hmm. And too many cooks spoil the broth is an expression, idiom, meaning that if you have too many people doing the same thing, it can spoil it, ruins it. it, it, it if it was a soup, you'd, someone would add too much salt because he thinks it should be salty. The other guy thinks it needs some more peppers or something like that. There's too many people delegating and not enough people doing, right? Like, yeah. Expression, another expression this reminds me of is uh, too many chiefs and not enough Indians. Huh, hmm. it sounds a little bit, could be uh, not culturally, PC. culturally insensitive maybe? Yeah, not PC enough nowadays. PC. Politically correct. Yeah, well when, when, when Ethan first emailed us, <laughs> he called himself, he said, I'm a Native American. <laughs> a Native American, I'm like, really, what tribe? <laughs> me, t- me too, because I'm, I'm 3% Cherokee, if you guys didn't know that. <laughs> Cherokee? Like the car? <laughs> Cherokee Native American Indian. Are you really three percent? Yeah, you could probably actually do a uh, one of those like DNA tests that actually track back and find actually what tribe that was, if it was Cherokee's a tribe, right? He's yeah. from the uh, German tribe. <laughs> <laughs> it probably is a little bit of uh, Indian though, right? Maybe you never know. No, definitely. Oh, definitely. Okay, I, I wasn't. I was telling the truth. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, man. Hey, no need to. Uh, no need to get all fired up. <laughs> Fired up? Yeah, fired up. Well, we mentioned this earlier. It can be like kind of excited, but if I said he's getting kind of fired up, it means maybe he's even getting a little bit uh, emotional maybe, like but more kind of a uh, um, little bit angry maybe. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think fire up though is more commonly it's ex- it's uh, excitement, right? Yeah, I think so. But yeah. he gets or maybe re- just like with that telling us that he's 3%... Native American, he bit off more than he could chew. <laughs> <laughs> to bite off more than you can chew, what does that mean? That means to accept more than you can actually deliver. Like if you're going to accept it, if you're, let's say you're a freelancer and you're go, you accept a job that it's going, that you need to deliver it in a week, but it's going to take you like maybe a week and a half. You you have just bitten off more than you can chew. Yeah. If you just keep like accepting projects too, it's like you get so busy you can't handle mm. all the work. That's figuratively, but uh, actually, literally, it would be if you have like a uh, a chocolate bar and you like put the whole thing in your mouth <laughs> and you try to chew it, you're it's, it's you can't chew because there's too much in your mouth. That always happens to me with apples. <laughs> <laughs> literally, but bite off too much uh, more than you can chew. We say a lot too, like a, a similar expression is like your eyes were bigger than your stomach. Oh, we say this all the time. Yeah, because we go to uh, well, it's a really common expression, just meaning like. Um, that you took a lot of food because like it looks so good but then it's like you can't you can't actually fit it all in your stomach it was too much food you couldn't eat it all yeah. and we we say this almost every day because like we go to restaurants here where it's you can take as much food as you can fit on the plate and then we put too it all looks so good we put too much on the plate we can't eat it all yeah we generally do though right we generally, we generally do but ourselves. we feel like horrible after <laughs> yeah yeah another one and I know we've covered these expressions before a long time ago but uh, when you have something a lot on your plate, what does that mean? Mm. You're like really busy. It's similar to that, <coughs> excuse me. Similar to that, uh, bit off more than you can chew, right? Yeah. So if somebody asks you if you if you have time to do a project or something, you can say, "Yeah, I'm sorry, I just have a lot on my plate right now." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Or someone invites you to a party and you're too busy with work. Mm. Yeah. No time. Um, I think we're about wrapped that one up, right? 
Mm-hmm. That was a that was a, a plate full of uh, vocabulary, wouldn't you say? Yeah, I reckon we should go get like some uh, acai. I'm so hungry, I could eat a horse. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, we're veg- you can't do that. You're a vegetarian. A tofu horse. Okay, tofu horse. <laughs> okay. Tro- a Trojan horse, as Justin would would use, right? Maybe <laughs> Trojan horse. Yeah, it's a, the Trojan horse. Yeah. What does Trojan horse mean? We should leave this for another podcast. Leave these guys hanging. Ooh, leave them mean? wanting more. <laughs> leave them salivating to understand what a Trojan horse is. And what leaving them hanging is? Leave them hanging is to, to leave them wanting in suspense. More. Wanting to understand what that expression means. Um, yeah, guys. So that was our, our podcast for today. Hope you guys have really enjoyed it. I know we definitely went all over the place, but we're pretty focused on... Uh, kitchen vocabulary um, tell us for example if, if you enjoy these podcasts these unedited ones and if you have any suggestions for future podcasts we love hearing from people you can either find us personally our emails it's chad at reallifeglobal.com ethan at reallifeglobal.com or justin at reallifeglobal.com and if you want to find this podcast you can go to our website which is reallifeglobal.com and you just go to the navigation bar, click on podcast, and you'll see a list. This is podcast, I think, 124, all about kitchen vocabulary. So if you click on that also, you'll see all the links that we've mentioned in the podcast. You're going to see a link to sign up for that three-part mini-series about learning English with friends. Amazing fluency course. We've been getting a lot of great feedback from some of the students that have been participating on that in that with us. And... Uh, how about we play them out with a, without some kind of a sexy kitchen song? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say maybe the Red Hot Chili Pepper song. It's related. You might put some Red Hot Chili Pepper, spice up things in the kitchen. Okay, yeah. What do you reckon? Sure. Sure. Which song is it exactly? Uh, give It Away. There's a really great uh, part about connected speech in there. So this is what we covered today. Haven't so, we already done that one? Maybe we have, but it might be a good idea to practice what i got you got to give it to your mama what i got you got to give it to your papa what i got you got to give it i I don't remember daughter daughter is it yeah so it's like the what i got you got to becomes what i got you got to that's an excellent way to practice connected speech repeat and it is related to um to kitchen because it's like what i got i got to give it to my daughter you do a little dance and then you drink a little water (laughs) so i actually say water water yeah yeah yeah, very uh, very awesome song. I think it's from the '80s, right? Mm-hmm. It's early days. Red Hot Chili Peppers, and the name itself, Red Hot Chili Peppers. It's ingredients you can put into your next dish, right? <laughs> or maybe your secret sauce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. So thank you so much for listening to us today, and you will hear from us next week here at Real Life English for the Real Life uh, Radio Podcast, right? Oh yeah! Oh, oh yeah. yeah! Come on, let's finish it with a synchronized. Oh yeah! One, two, three. Oh, yeah.